Know Your Food with Forty, episode 132. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 132. See you there. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at ganalfquins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. This is our second episode kind of focusing on kids. Last week we talked about picky eaters and how to help them pick real food. This week we are talking about um, raising up our children so they know how to cook real food. And the tip of the week is so timely. It comes from Katie at Kitchen Stewardship, who's also my guest today. She has some new food rules over at her blog. There's a printable, and I'll have a link for you in the show notes so you can follow it and go get the printable. Uh, the show notes are knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 132. I just quick want to go over her rules here because they are so great. In fact, you got to go check out the, the printable because it's so visual, and you can print it, and the kids can look at it and absorb it. Anyway, here are the, here are the rules, uh, the new food rules for kids. Food rule one, fruits and vegetables are always healthy foods. In fact, different colored fruits and veggies have different nutrients, so you basically want to choose lots of colors to fill up your plate. Food rule number two, healthy fats are good for you. So you're eating lots of veggies, and you want to eat them with a healthy fat like butter, olive oil, homemade ranch dressing, or coconut oil. This helps your body make use of the vitamins that you're eating. Real fats just in case this question comes up, real fats come from animals and plants and have been eaten for thousands of years, whereas not-so-good-for-you fats are the ones that have been discovered in the last hundred years or so, like highly processed vegetable oils, corn oil, so soybean oil, shortening, hydrogenated, partially hydrogenated stuff, margarine, for example. So that's food rule number two. Food rule number three is eat quality meats. <laughs> so meat doesn't come in tubes, and animals from which we get our meat, they should eat what they're supposed to eat. So for chickens, that's bugs. For cows, that's grass. For pigs, that's lots of things. Uh, basically, the meat is more important to finish um, than bread, like when you're eating a sandwich. Food rule number four, choose dairy that isn't too processed. And Katie tells us milk is white, yogurt is white. So use that as a rule, like chocolate milk isn't white. Um, you don't want sugary, colorful yogurt in a tube. You want something that's close to real milk. Now, uh, we do know, you know, tongue-in-cheek here, or, you know, there's a little bit of flexibility with this milk is white rule, because if you have, um, you know, milk from a jersey, for instance, it's going to be a little bit yellow, and that's good. And yellow, yellow, yellow butter, yellow, yellow, yellow cream is wonderful. But I think you get the point. Milk is white. So sugary colored yogurt in a tube, chocolate milk, those are different than milk and uh, yogurt. And cheese doesn't come with its own wrapper for every slice, and it really shouldn't have other ingredients beyond cheese. So a cheese that is more than cheese 
uh, doesn't really fit food rule number four to choose dairy that isn't too processed. Again, this is very simplified, and we could go in. We could go into more about, um, you know, the the different kinds of milk and what's better for you and all that. But we're talking food rules for kids, so we're just talking about a simple way to explain it for kids that milk that isn't too processed. Okay. Food rule number five, grains are for sometimes. Grains can be hard on tummies, and if they're white flour grains, the energy they give you won't last. Um, so the real grains that you should be eating sometimes are like oatmeal, rice, homemade whole grain breads and muffins, but they should be a small part of the meal. And what you don't want are um, crunchy snacks that are made with white flour and you know come in a box. Those are the grain foods that you really shouldn't have too often at all. Um, so grains are for sometimes. Food rule number six, this is the final one. Sugar is always a fun food. Sugar is never good for you, so it's always and only a fun food. Even if you make your own cookies, sugar is still sugar, so it's occasional. It's a fun food. So I love those food rules for kids. Come on by the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 132. Boy, I almost switched that around to one, two, three, but it's one, three, two, and I'll give you a link to go download that printable. Now, let me tell you about my guest, Katie. Katie is from Kitchen Stewardship. We have been blogging friends and colleagues for a long time. She has been a guest teacher in a handful of traditional cooking school member lessons, so snacks, yogurt, um, and we've always been blessed by, by her teaching. Well, she has this amazing story about her kids. Um, she's going to share it coming up here, but her family is under, she started out really well when she had, you know, one to two children with teaching her, um, her son to be fairly competent in the kitchen at a young age. And then life got busy and crazy, more kids, and their progress in the kitchen, at least with the kids, stalled. So she has this wonderful story of getting back on track, and she has some resources to help you, um, helping your own kids learn to cook real food. So if you need to get out a pen and paper to take notes or listen to this several times, please do, because there's a lot of um, a lot of fun and a lot of tips headed your way. And do remember that um, Katie has a freebie for you. We're going to talk about it near the end. And to get that, you will go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash kskids, and it's available through the end of October 2015. So act on it now um, to, to take advantage of that. All right, so I'm going to turn now to my visit with Katie. God bless you all. Thanks for joining me. Hey, everyone. This is Wardy. I'm here with my really good friend, Katie Kimball from Kitchen Stewardship. Hi, Katie. Hey, Wardy. It is a joy to be with you again. I know. We always have so much fun. And last time we talked, you were on the podcast, we talked about um, reverse engineering processed foods and boxed foods. Today, we're going to talk about kids cooking real food. And I would love you to start with your story about your growing family and how it just happens that you have less energy and less creativity and less time and kind of the challenge that grew in your family and what you did about it. You know, it's so funny that you just said what we talked about last time because I remember doing it and I know that I was hiding in my room because I had a little under one-year-old who is now four. <laughs> 
And I could not remember at all what we talked about. So when you said that, I was like, oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. That is what we were talking about. And <laughs> that progression from that topic to this topic is like the perfect story of mm. my life and my energy. Um, I mean, I've been blogging at Kitchen Stewardship for six and a half years now, uh, which means that my real food journey is about six and three quarters years long. Um, and I, I really came to real food through and by blogging about food and changing, you know, at, at first you're changing so many things and you're learning like every week you're learning to make two or three new things from scratch. You know what I mean? And you're trying new recipes all the time. And at that time I had, when I started blogging, I had um, a three-year-old and a nine-month-old, my first two children. And and I could, I could handle that, you know, the three-year-old would still nap, the nine-month-old would nap sometimes. I had evenings. Um, I, I was able to do a lot more in the kitchen. And then when we had our third child, we also moved. And I was, I was still able to keep a lot of balls in the air. So that's when we talked last time. And I was, I was doing a lot of reverse engineering. I was trying to make um, processed foods and foods that people recognize with whole food ingredients, you know, so taking mm -hmm. the boxes out of the box mix, basically. And, and it took a lot of experimenting. And I do remember like needing, we w went to my mom's for a week and she just watched the kids while I would make us dinner. <laughs> I mean, it was so wonderful to have like a whole hour or two hours to be able to experiment a little bit and keep my head in the game. And we now have four children. So they're ages 10, seven, four, and just about one. And, um, life is so much busier. There are so many activities and there are things to do. And, and the blog is keeping me busy. Um, my husband actually quit his job in January. And so we, we keep his business. He's starting an entrepreneurial business. And so we're trying to keep so many balls in the air that dinner is like, there's no means to an end. It's just the end. Like we just have to make dinner. So there's no like, oh, I should try a new recipe or let me experiment and make two different things in two different pots next to each other. Like that's just not realistic because I can't be half an hour late on dinner. And, you know, like there's just so much going on that I, I got to the point where I thought, gosh, I should post a new recipe on the blog. Like I haven't posted a recipe in two or three months. And, and I go, I don't have any new recipes. <laughs> like I'm not doing anything new in the kitchen. And, and that's kind of how the whole, the whole house has gone in and then I realized we were at the stage of parenting where with a 10 year old he can do a lot more and a seven year old can can kind of do a lot so this summer um, our goal really was to help teach the kids chores and and make sure that they were regularly doing chores that we had more of a routine with that and kind of beginning to pass some of that responsibility onto them you know it's not mm -hmm. I don't believe it's our job as parents to run after them and clean up after them and mm -hmm. do everything for them. That's, you know, that's going to raise needy, needy, greedy children or needy, greedy adults rather. And I would rather raise responsible adults. So, you know, mm -hmm. that starts now. So that was our goal for the summer with chores. And of course the, the kitchen work is all, yeah. it's just part of that. And so I, um, I kind of looked at what, what we had done with my kids. And when my son was really little, I taught him a lot of stuff and he was always in the kitchen. You know, he did everything with me because he was the only child at the time. And so when he was four, like 
I still remember he drew a picture at four-year-old preschool of himself making scrambled eggs at the stove by himself hmm. <laughs> and no mommy in the picture. And I thought, oh my gosh, the teacher is not going to like this. <laughs> that doesn't look safe. <laughs> and it, it was realistic, but it was yeah. because he was, he was safe. It was fine. He was safe because he was trained and you had right. spent all that time with him teaching him how to do it so that he could do it. Exactly. And the mommy was still in the room. She just yeah. didn't picture right, right, right. <laughs> in the cramp. Um, so you know I look back at I look back at like pictures that I have and posts that I wrote way back then when he was four and five years old and I thought wow I, that's that's pretty impressive like yeah. we did a lot and uh and I found something recently where I talked about him making guacamole and he was like six I think in first grade how he was our guacamole master and my heart just fell because he, he was kind of still at that point at, at the end of fourth grade in the spring when he was 10, um, they had to do a how-to speech and he did his how-to speech on making guacamole, which well, oh, might have been my idea. Cute. It was super fun. It might've been my idea. And, uh, you know, I, he, I let him use my big chef's knife and I went in and, and he did an awesome job. He like thwacked the pit out and all the adults went <gasps> <laughs> with the big knife. But, um, but it kind of struck me like, wow, that's, four years of having the same like one hit wonder <laughs> you know when he was six he was making guacamole and now he's 10 and that's still like his dish I thought there's that's really sad that I didn't have any growth there so I made it a goal like it's time like it's time to teach them all more skills and to be really intentional about it so that's what we did over the summer. So would you say that it was a couple things that brought that to a head? Like it was realizing that your son hadn't progressed from his sixth grade, sixth year old skills, which to be quite honest, were more advanced than other six year olds. So I mean, <laughs> pat yourself on the back for that. If he I was there, I would the pat sh- you on the back. <laughs> he wasn't using the sharp knife at age six. Okay, I will say okay. that. We, I taught him that for the how-to speech. But so you just <laughs> realized that he could be further along. Plus you just realized that life was really busy and you could use more help and the kids were just really able to step up. You hit those two nails on the head. Okay. That's exactly it. Well, and I just think so many of us have those moments. I mean, I had one yesterday and here we have kids that are, you know, one is turned 18 already and the others are, you know, fully into their teen years. And Uh I have a very busy day today and yesterday, and my husband was like, Wardy, one of them could do the grocery shopping for you. <laughs> Send them to the store. And I was like, huh, <laughs> you know, so the 18-year-old has that job today. And I know that's sort of corollary to cooking, but that's the thing. And over the years, you know, I do 50% or less of the cooking simply because life has gotten busy and we need the help, and the kids are so able to do it, and they enjoy doing it too. I mean, That's maybe not great. all the time, but anyway. But back to your story. So you decided to bring your kids up to speed, and you also brought the neighborhood friends in on it, didn't you? We did. We did. I'm I'm an over the top kind of person. <laughs> so, oh, if I'm going to teach my three kids, why, why not? not? One at each level. <laughs> um, but you know, it kind of worked out funny. And actually, if someone were to ask me, like, oh, my gosh, I have, you know, I have three kids or four kids or two kids or whatever, like, how how do I juggle it to make it all work at the same time? Or how oh, my kids are going to complain if I tell them it's time to, you know, help me in the kitchen 
what's a strategy to get around that? And honestly, my answer for both of them is add more children, <laughs> which sounds really counterintuitive because typically more children means more chaos, but it made it like official, hmm. right? Like instead of, hey, somebody come help me in the kitchen, you know, or I need, I, I'm gonna, I need yeah, some help. I want to like- teach you some stuff. It's let's have cooking class and cooking yeah. classes on this day at this time and our yeah. friends come over. Um, and then for the for the crowd control, it's great because if you're working with, you know, one age group and it's just, you know, some skills you can do at the same time. Like yeah. I would have kids at the table and kids at the counter and stuff like that. So that kind of management wasn't a problem. But if it was if it's a pretty intense skill or like sharp knives or something where I really need to be there hovering for five or ten minutes you know, I might not want something else, someone else working right. on something else or whatever. So it was nice for them to have friends around because we could just switch out. Like, yeah. Okay, you know, the, my four-year-olds are going to go play. Come on in, seven-year-olds, and then we switch. And so they were happier. It was easier to, like, keep them happy mm-hmm. in the interim and, and then just say, you know, okay, no, it's your turn. And I, the attitudes were just really good. And I'm I'm not generally very good at that. I can get kind of a cranky attitude when I'm inviting kids into the kitchen because it slows everything down and it's really hard. So even for me, like having to make a time and put it on the calendar and well, okay, like it's 930 and three more kids are coming to my house at 10. So like I have to get everything prepped, you know, It, it was nice to have that accountability. Oh, I totally agree with that. I don't know if I've shared this with you yet, but my oldest daughter, our oldest daughter, um, who's 18, is co-teaching our next class at Traditional Cooking School. And so she has about half the recipes to test and film, and I have about half. And That's so cool. It is. And um, part of me was, like, dreading it. Like, oh, no, now I can't just do things when I feel like it. Because my daughter is very, she just has a very scheduled type A personality. And so mm. she's like... Mom, I'm practicing this recipe. Can we film it on Friday? And I'm practicing this one. And can we film it on Monday? And I'm like, in my head, I'm going, ah, don't pin me down. <laughs> but then oh, the funny. other part of me is saying, hey, <laughs> it will actually get done if you are committed to it on the schedule. Now, mm-hmm. that I don't mean to suggest that I don't actually get my own responsibilities done, but I'm much more free with mine. Like, okay, this feels good now. I have a couple hours. Let's do this. <clears throat> uh-huh. But we have accomplished so much, her and I together, because of the fact that we've committed to it. It's on the mm-hmm. calendar. Um, so I totally hear you on that. I also, um, I want you to spend a little bit of time talking about your your uh, secret, your, your naughty secret about how you really feel. Oh, dear. Do I have a naughty secret? <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I'm doing this whole e-course on inviting kids into the kitchen and telling parents to have a good attitude, but I really kind of hate it. <laughs> is, that, that, is that so awful? No, I'm just I, real, I really oh. want to get that out there because I think so many of us struggle with the fact, and we've kind of already talked about it. I mean, because we don't, we have limited time and energy and it just takes longer and it's harder to explain if somebody doesn't get it or their hands aren't strong enough or whatever. So it really, it takes more effort to invest the time in your children. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't want to be cruel, but I really do. I really, really most of the time kind of hate inviting them into the kitchen, especially if we're really trying to get something done for dinner or whatever. Um, So how do you, how do you, um, 
when you put it on the calendar, you commit to the class, which has helped. Yes. How do you help your mindset? How do you, you know, get over that burden? Because you could be complaining in your head and still doing all the right things with your hands and your voice, you know? But exactly. I know that your heart's in the right place. So h- how do you do that? Well, I mean, I know that the end result is going to be worth it. I mean, it's kind of like when our kids are doing homework, like they might hate it too. And in fact, I don't always love helping certain members of my family with homework. Some of them are a joy to work with. Some of them are, it's like pulling teeth to get them to answer a really simple question. And it's just what we have to do, right? It's our obligation. Like they have to do their homework to succeed in school and and I talked myself into it at the beginning of the summer. Like I have to teach them to cook because I want my little boys to be really good husbands who know what they're doing in the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, and I want my little girl to be a great wife and mother. And I want all of them when they're leaving for college, you know, I want my concern to be, boy, I hope they don't wear the same underwear all week <laughs> rather than, oh man, I hope they don't eat frozen pizza all week. You know, right? I, I want some things to at least like be like, okay, I know I've given them the skills and they know what they can do. You know, I, I know that they can buy vegetables and cook vegetables and stuff. And, and ho- I know they may or may not choose that, but at least I'll know I have done my best mm-hmm. once they're at that point. Um, just, just yesterday, I was actually teaching the last lesson in the Kids Cook Real Food e-course with my advanced group, which is my son who's 10 and his friend who's eight. And, um, and the other good thing about scheduling it is that you'll actually start early enough. Like, when, I, I call it my disability, that time is my disability. I'll know when I need to start dinner. But then when that time actually comes, I'm like, oh, but I could probably still get such and such done first. And then I'm 20 minutes late starting dinner. And guess what? Dinner's 20, 20 minutes, minutes late. Mm-hmm. Like, my plan was perfect, but my implementation was horrible. So, you know, when we're doing this, at least I implement my plan and um, so I was, I was dying. They were making a, a cheese sauce. I was teaching them how to make a roux and a bechamel and a cheese sauce. And so they each have their own pot. So there's two things going on, you know. And uh, it was taking forever. And I was, like, literally kind of pacing in the kitchen. Like, I should, be, I should be doing something else. I should be speeding them along. And I was like, no, no, Katie, calm down. It's okay. And uh, so it wasn't all that fun. But we got through it. And I got to tell you, the end result was so much fun because mm-hmm. I was teaching them to experiment with their own spices. So they're both mm-hmm. smelling different spices and figuring out what they wanted to do with the end result. Like we were making, a, I'm calling it a leftover bowl. And so this is kind of a, this is a big spoiler alert. Like the last lesson in the class, the idea is there's all these different skills you have and look what you can do. Like you can look in the fridge and say, oh, I have leftover rice. I know how to brown beef. I know how to make a bechamel. I'm going to mix all this stuff up and add some some seasonings with my steamed broccoli all mixed in. And then it's like a, we call it a leftover bowl, right? So it's all a dinner all in one, the side and the meat and the grain and whatever. Um, and then we, we talk about different spices and things throughout the course. So this is like the culmination, right? And they had so much fun choosing their spices. And I'm watching my son be really adventurous and wanting to put like five things in. And I said, oh, you better you better taste it after each one, you know. And then his friend was really cautious, like just garlic powder, Italian seasoning. He's done, you know. <laughs> so they had really different results. But my son was like walking on cloud nine for the next half hour. He had so much fun serving his creation to yeah. our family and talking about it and and he was like describing how the flavor what did he call it he's like yeah mine uh 
it like hits your tongue at the end with a really fresh Ooh. flavor or something. Like it was so cute the way he was describing <laughs> it. I'm probably not supposed to use the word cute because he's getting older now, but it was it was very inspiring <laughs> the way he was <laughs> describing it. And, and so that's, I mean, that's what I have to keep in my mind when I'm slowing down to teach them is how he really was owning it, you know, and he was taking yeah. it on. So you're keeping the, you're keeping the end in mind, in your own mind, like what this is going to do for your son's life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he was, so he was excited and it was really fun. And of course, the other benefit was we had dinner ready early. <laughs> Not only on time, but early. And really? I was like, oh, this this is a definite benefit here because <laughs> I'm never early. Oh. So let's fill in some blanks here because we've talked about how you have, you know, taken the bull by the horns and caught your kids up to speed by teaching them through the summer and neighborhood friends. But you have also done something even more, which is worked out an entire curriculum and filmed it all in a class that... Um, we all can benefit from. So will you tell us about the uh, Kids Cook Real Food course that you have put together? You bet. Um, it's been a massive project. I think I mentioned already that I'm kind of an over-the-top kind of person. So when I start something and I think it'll be X, it's usually like 10 to 20 times X by the time I'm done. But how and cool is it that you listen to that inner prompting? Like, I'm doing this with my kids, so I'm going to share it. I'm just going to put in the extra work and time so that everybody else can use it too. Yeah, you know, I look at the just kind of the way the culture is going and how many kids like don't even recognize vegetables. Yeah. Nevertheless, know how to cook them. I mean, it, we're we're working with really convenience food society and where like the microwave popcorn button on the on the microwave might be the only thing the kids know how to do in the kitchen and that makes me really sad and it makes me really kind of scared for our future and how many prescriptions my kids cohorts are going to be on when they're in their 50s and 60s you know mm -hmm. and so the only way to change that is to get right into the families and and help them so the goal of the course is to help parents teach their kids to cook so it's a it's a helper again for the parents so it's not really designed for the kids to just watch it and do it by themselves yeah um but there's, there's three module levels. So the first one, the beginner, is aimed for approximately ages two to five. But there may be, you know, if like a seven-year-old hasn't had any experience in the kitchen, they would probably want to start with some of the beginner lessons because they, they all build on each other. Then the intermediate level is geared at readers, people who are early readers, like ages six to seven. Um, they have a little bit more motor control than the five and under crowd. But again, the intermediate, I mean, we go all the way up to browning ground beef. So if you've got an eight-year-old who's never worked at the stove or even a 10-year-old who's never worked at the stove, you know, they're going to need to do a lot of the intermediate level skills. Yeah. And we try to keep that, you know, really open-ended. And then the top group, the advanced group is slated for ages eight and up. But, but again, I mean, I think that could go all the way to teenagers and even some adults have said, well, I'm not all that good at cooking. Like, can I learn to cook from this course? And I said, yeah, you know, blame it on your kids. Like, I'm going to teach the kids to cook and then you secretly learn mm -hmm. <laughs> on your own. I think it would be, I think it'll fit really well. Um, so what, what I really had fun with is I, I am a trained teacher. I taught third grade before I had children. And connecting things together was always just kind of a skill that, that I have naturally. I think that, yeah. you know, I think God gives everyone their own vocation in life, right? And mine is very clearly to be a teacher. 
mm-hmm. whether I'm teaching in a classroom or teaching my own children or whatever. Like or I always have a, stewardship. Yeah, yeah. I love like breaking things down into bite-sized pieces, and I love connecting things together so that people are always like ready to learn the next piece. And so, what was really fun with this curriculum is there's like a thread. You know, everything in the beginner level is connected, say, like on a horizontal line. They're always building on their skills and the skills that they learn in the first couple of classes will come back mm-hmm. in some of the recipes we make in the latter classes and stuff like that. So it's really threaded together. But there's also kind of these vertical threads where on class one and class two and class three, if you happen to have kids at multiple levels, a lot of times their skills mesh together too yeah so that they end up making like a snack that all fits together or a dinner or a lunch or a breakfast that all their pieces that they've all made fit together and that was I don't know like I get jazzed up when I can see those threads coming together Mm -hmm. and I feel really excited that parents who um, I think often when you have multiple ages it becomes really hard to juggle and I mean personally that's when I gave up when I had this little 18 month old who wanted to help and I had a four, or well, he would have been five. And I had a five-year-old who wanted to help in the kitchen. And trying to balance both of them with the different skill levels they were at, I was like, this is, I'm, I'm pulling my hair out. Right. Like, I can't do this. They, <clears throat> couldn't, they couldn't help me on the same thing at the same time. So I feel like this is a real solution for parents so that the kids are helping on the same end result, the same end goal, but they're doing skills at their levels. Yeah, All and I... I think a lot of the people that are listening right now are going to be like cheering right now because um, it's my impression that a lot of Know Your Food podcast listeners, traditional cooking school readers are homeschooling parents. And so like we are, and we always looked for (laughs) curriculum where multiple children (laughs) could, you know, do it together with the parent um, instead of, you know, you know, could we even teach each child individually, you know, three hours of time, all their necessities? No, you need no. to have overlaps. You need to have those connecting threads. So it's fantastic. I love that you put that you used your gift and brought that into it. Thanks. It was fun. It was, yeah, it was definitely really fun. So you have a freebie for Know Your Food podcast listeners. And I'm going to tell everybody up front that the link to that is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash kskids. And Katie, why don't you explain what it is? Everybody listen up because you have through October to snatch this. And I really hope you do it. (laughs) I do too. I do too. So one of the skills that we jump right into, um, it's in class one for advanced and then all of class two for all the ages is knife skills because first of all I mean as a real food cook you know how much time you spend at your cutting board (laughs) if you're anything like me I feel like I'm constantly chopping food and and I think it's something that really is intimidating for parents you know they don't want to give their little kids dull knives and they're not really sure if they want to give their bigger kids sharp knives and so I think there's a lot of fear there and so I'm really excited to help people like get over that fear and figure out how to hold food safely. So I created a lot of really kid-friendly terms. We talk about three safe ways to hold your food and four ways to cut with your knife. And they all have 
little kid-friendly terms like there's up and over soldier and there's tug of war pull and there's all these little like again they're like just playful terms um, but the kids pick them up right away we've had some families reviewing this class already and and they're just loving these terms so, so what can I'm you gonna just can you can I just interrupt you for a yeah. moment uh -huh. what is the thing I watched your video it's fantastic the knife skills video so what is the thing that you tell your son as a reminder that doesn't scare him and make him cut himself, but reminds him to hold it properly. What's that word or phrase? Yeah, well, when we when I introduce the knife skills, and so this is this is in the video. So the one nice thing about the videos is that I get to tell the, your kids something. Yeah, I love this. And you don't have to do like the hard nitty gritty like discipline and teaching. You get to do the fun part of kind of, you know, demonstrating and reminding them and all that stuff. But I've already kind of laid down the rules. <laughs> And it's so like we can just teacher. say, Mrs. Kimball says. <laughs> Most exactly. Yep. So when I talk about the, the knives and holding your food and everything, um, we kind of demonstrate the wrong way to hold the food, which would be with your fingers pointing toward the knife and yeah. beginning to get closer and closer to the knife. And we say, well, what are your fingers saying? They're like standing up and going, pick me, pick me, cut me, yes. Mr. Knife, cut me. That's it. And so, yeah, so that's how if you look over and you see your child, like with their fingers getting too close to the knife, instead of saying, hey, look out, put the knife down, or, you know, like freaking out or feeling like you have to yell at them or discipline them, you just say, oh, pick me, pick me. And they'll, oh, they'll go, oh, shoot, you know, my fingers are sticking toward the knife. So I just feel like that's a really low key and uh, I love gentle that. way to do it. Yeah. Any, so the knife skills class is, I think it's going to be probably the best class out of eight. They're, they're all good, but there's got to be one that's just the super the best. And so I want to give the Know Your Food listeners a chance to see the whole class, all five videos. So there's a, an adult-only video. There's an all-kid video that lays a foundation for knife safety. And then there's different skills at beginner, intermediate, and advanced levels. So we're going we're gonna to let that cat out of the bag just until the end of October. Yep. So uh, everyone, it is completely free. Five videos, this yep. whole module of Kids Cook Real Food, Knife Skills. So in the link again, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash kskids. I had to pick something for the link in KS Kitchen Stewardship, so it's kskids. Mm -hmm. So go grab it. Is there anything else you wanted to say about it, Katie? Well, just that after October, that link is still going to hit a page where you can um, sign up to get a special deal when the course launches for real in January. Um, and then, you know, after after January, you'll still be able to find information on, on how to grab the yeah. course there. Good point to make. So everyone, just take note of that. If you are listening to this after October 31st, 2015, you can still go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash kskids and at least find out what's up possibly get a freebie mm -hmm. okay let's see so I just wanted to ask you to talk a little bit more <clears throat> about um, what about if somebody is like eats a lot of fast food and isn't really a traditional foodie or they're just baby steps into traditional food if you talk about that and I also want to talk about the whole traditional food because I think probably a lot of our listeners are wondering am I going to Am I going to learn and be able to train my kids in traditional food methods? So can you just address that and, and kind of how your class um, approaches that? Yep. Absolutely. You know, people always say you can't please everyone. And so don't don't try to reach the gamut from zero to 100. And, and that's true. I know I can't please everyone. But what I'm trying to do is lay the most basic of basic foundations. 
Um, so if, you know, if you're just a regular kind of American family and you eat a lot of fast food, maybe do the frozen pizzas, do the hamburger helper every so often, maybe you're making tacos or spaghetti. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't even know what the regular American family looks like anymore because I'm pretty removed from that. But, <laughs> but if you're, you know, as long as someone is wanting to move a little bit into real food, meaning whole foods, things with one ingredient, you know, fruits and vegetables, meats, yeah. basic dairy, stuff like that, you know, just real food, whole foods. Um, I think this would be a great stepping stone because it would get the kids involved instead of like mom just made all these changes and the kids are freaking out totally. like where are my where is my mac and cheese yo you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. so because because all the skills are really basic there's actually there's eight different um videos throughout the there's almost 50 videos and eight of them are just on knife skills so you know where can where can you go wrong like you need a knife to cut up an apple for a snack you need a knife to cut up a bunch of vegetables if you're making lacto ferments so that's where it can make the jump right to the traditional foodie um, and in fact I do talk a little bit about lacto ferments in one of the knife skills classes and just kind of saying okay great you know how to cut up vegetables now you can actually learn fermented foods mm-hmm. um, I don't teach how to make them but you've got the basic skill does that make sense it totally so, makes sense yep yeah, I love so that. This, it's yeah, you're so this, you're focusing on fundamental principles of cooking and preparing real food, and it's sort of like everybody needs to know those things. And then you can take it into if you want to learn if your kids like you know want to get into sourdough or fermenting yeah. or making their own cheese or whatever. They just have this foundation of sauces and chopping and mm-hmm. just things everybody needs to know beyond boiling an egg. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we talk about, I mean, I talk about kind of my philosophy for teaching and how I break everything down to try to, yeah. and at, at the end of the course, we do a little bit of, a little bit of hand holding, a little bit of kind of like coming slowly down the mountain where I'll provide a few more lesson ideas without the videos mm-hmm. to even to bridge the parents. Like, okay, like here's an idea that you can keep moving on. And why don't you try to teach this without the video? And then here's some more ideas with a little bit less information. So we're kind of kind of wean the parents off the videos. But I, my goal is to really give parents the foundation for how they can take any skill in the kitchen that they want to teach and break it down to a kid level, right? So they could jump into your sourdough course and they would have some other ideas on how to how to stretch that from an adult level down to mm-hmm. down to a kid level and just continue teaching. Yeah, so that it's completely... Mm-hmm. You know, the, the philosophy and the basics of, of keeping those kids in the kitchen, getting them excited, breaking it down to a really kid-friendly activity, keeping them going. So before we wrap up here, just um, let me pick your brain for just one last tip. Mm-hmm. Um, so if all our listeners walking away and they're saying, yes, you know, Katie, I'm totally on board. I want my kids to learn more, do more for our family and for themselves. So what is one tip you would give them that they could do tonight, today? Hmm. One thing. Well, honestly, it kind of comes back to where we started is putting it in the schedule. Okay. And and building some anticipation. Like, I don't, I don't think you should invite your kids into the kitchen tonight quite honestly, because most likely they'll be playing or doing something fun and they're going to turn the tables on you and make it into an awful experience. At least if they're like my kids, I would get complaints if I threw it at them out of nowhere. Okay. 
So I would much rather see a parent tonight, if you want to do something tonight, is to sit down and decide and make a plan. Like, I want my whatever year old, however year old your child is, to learn X skill. And I'm going to think this through and think about, you know, how it how it can be applied to that child's level and make sure it's appropriate or whatever, right? So, like, with a, if you've got a three-year-old, maybe you're going to teach him to cut a banana with a butter knife. If you've got a seven-year-old, maybe you want them, maybe you have a real simple muffin recipe, and you, and you want to help them learn to make that by themselves so they have something to do. If you've got a 10-year-old, maybe you want to get them to the stove and you're going to brown ground beef or mm-hmm. saute some vegetables for a stir fry or whatever it is um, at, at the various levels is to make a plan and then build some anticipation and say, hey, um, I, we're going to do, do a cooking lesson and it's going to be Thursday right when you get home from school. And, you know, we're going to have a little snack and, you're, and then we can come into the kitchen and, and this is what we're going to do. And this is what time we're going to do it. And what's really cool is that, uh, you know, you'll, you'll end up helping with dinner. And so why don't we invite your grandparents over so you can show that off a little bit. Right. So you kind of build this whole like pyramid of they know what's coming. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what time they're not going to play with their friends on Thursday after school because they're going to come right home. And or if you're homeschooling, you know, that may be a different system, but whatever, you know, you know your own schedule. Um, and then and then maybe they they can build some anticipation and be more excited about it instead of having it come out of the blue like a pop quiz. Yeah. Like, oh no, nobody likes a pop quiz. Yeah. Oh, so I don't think make that's it a pop. Great advice. And I think you said this, but part of that plan is actually um, thinking about your kids and what in particular would excite them, like their first foray into the kitchen. Sure. Um, so if you're if you're planning that meal that they're going to help with and Grandma's going to come over. Why not make it a dish they really enjoy eating and then mm-hmm. they can help you make it? Yes, yes, most absolutely. And the, and the grandma advice. part, like that was very intentional too. I think it's, it makes the kids feel so proud to show off what they've yes. done to someone outside your family. You might not want to do that on the very first time, but as you go, like that's something to incorporate into mm-hmm. if you have a goal of getting kids excited about being in the kitchen is to, you know, have a little party or have them help if you're going to a party. So that you can say, hey, guess who Guess who made this appetizer? You know, they love that. I know. My son loves that. He's so cute. He's 15, and he often comes to me like, Mom, can we? Well, the last thing we did was, Mom, you know those dried banana chips? I really want to make some. So will you get <laughs> bananas when you go to the store this week? And so I brought home bananas. He's like, okay. Now we have to make them. And again, this is his prompting. I probably yeah. should have done this myself, but, you, you know, I'm listening to him. So <laughs> so he did bananas, and he is actually our kombucha brewer, and it's so cute. I'm headed out for the day on our grocery shopping day, and, and he'll hand me a list <laughs> of the things that he needs for the things he wants to cook. Oh, fun. <laughs> it's pretty cute. He loves food. It's pretty cute. <laughs> Now, see, you're doing cute, too. I we am. both have to cut see, that out. That's and not he's okay. 15. <laughs> I know. I just think he's going to be, be the best husband. <laughs> and when we have company, he's like a week before, he's all thinking about the kombucha and is the second ferment going to be ready? Because he wants to have it bottled and flavored and in the fridge chilling, you know? And I just think, how awesome is that, that I don't have to think about kombucha anymore because... It's his job, and he just, he loves it, the ownership of it. Now, there are some things, though, I think the whole banana experience, you know, he was just like, oh, that's 
actually hard. That took a lot of time to cut those slices oh, no. and line them all up. So the next week, I'm like, do you want me to get more bananas? No, he says. <laughs> but you know who loves cutting bananas is a four-year-old. Yeah, totally. I'll cut bananas I need a They're not going to be even, though. <laughs> they won't be even, but oh, they'll do it. Funny. So, you know, that's funny that you said that because I think the last benefit, or not last, but another benefit is that a lot of these skills extrapolate onto life. Like that's a planning and organizing skill. And I talk about with my beginner kids, there's a lot of skills that take self-control, like pouring syrup on pancakes. And I just feel like those things are life skills too. Like your son is going to be better at going to college and planning ahead to study for his test and being on top of things in his real job because he had to make kombucha. Don't you think? Right. Oh, I definitely think so. Yep. I love that. And he's not perfect at it because I think it's a it's a give and take. Like I think one thing we have to work on with him is he knows the plan, but sometimes he doesn't always do it. Which yeah, I, mean, I have to I, work on. That. We all have to work on that, right? <laughs> Me so that's too, where yeah. that's where the parent comes in and is like reminding, like, okay, well today's the day to start a new batch. You know? <laughs> okay, you're right. <laughs> and he needs the accountability. So that's why we're there. I mean, it's not a, this is not a, just let your kids loose. I mean, we're there to guide, um, just to be present, give feedback and help develop this plan or this, you know, our kids don't need to learn everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about foundational skills. That's all important. The knife skills and everything like that, but they don't have to learn to cook every single thing in the world. We have a family culture. We have beloved family recipes. And I think it's important to bring the kids' passions in, in that respect. Like, you know, what really interests you? So you you know all the basics of cooking, but what do you really love to do? Well, you can be in charge of that dish. And uh, same with the sisters. You know, what dish do you really like to fix? Well, you're on that night, you know? Mm -hmm. That's kind of how we do it. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Katie. And I want to just thank you for your generosity and sharing the whole knife skills class with our listeners. And again, everybody, that link is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash kskids. And um, all the links will be at today's show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 132, because this is episode 132. And so we're going to wrap up now. It's hard to say goodbye, but we need to. Thanks, Katie. Thanks so much for listening to our stories. It's been fun. Oh, it's been fantastic. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again very soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then, without a space, type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air, so go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that other people will find this podcast. Thank you so much.